Now, I know as we're kind of a bit feeling trapped in our homes and, and not able to get out and not, out, not able to be as mobile and connected as we, we'd like to be, I feel like dads, it's our responsibility to bring the laughter, the joy, and the fun in the house. Uh, I like to do that with rapping, like... I like to do that, but I'm going to spare you that right now. I also believe that God gave us dad jokes for such a time as this, that we could bring joy into our home. So I've just got a few for you today. I just, and the, the louder the groan, the better the dad joke. That's always the rule. So let's just, let's just go here. I went for a job interview. Sorry, it might be a little close to home, but we'll move on. Today, and the manager said, we're looking for somebody who is responsible. Well, I'm your man, I replied. In my last job, whenever anything went wrong, they said I was responsible. Uh-huh, uh-huh, boom, boom. All right, let's try this. Uh, my sister bet me $20 that I couldn't build a car made out of spaghetti. You should have seen the look on her face as I drove past her. Not bad, not bad. Okay, last one. I never wanted to believe that my dad was stealing from his job as a road worker. But then I finally got home and all the signs were there. Yeah, okay, we're groaning here, so we're probably groaning at home. All right. Hey, as I prayed about this particular message today that I want to share with you, it, it, it really uh, settled in my heart that God wanted to preach something different today. We're coming into Easter this week. The world is pointing its attention to the cross and probably the most um, symbolic and powerful moment in history. And so I felt like God really stirred me to, to address that. The last few weeks I've been preaching uh, a message uh, called You've Got This and How to Thrive Under Pressure. And I've heard lots of feedback from people of how helpful that is in this current season. And you can find those podcasts and check those out. But, but I really, as I was praying and really saying, God, what do you want me to preach on this Sunday? I, I really seek God every time I'm going to bring a message. And I want to make sure it's a word from Him for you in this hour. And the Lord began to speak to me about Noah. Uh, Noah and what had happened with the ark and how in the season of the world, the, the world being transformed through a crisis, in that moment, Noah rose on the storm and in that boat, he, ro- he rose with the storm. And God began to speak to me and tell me, today, I want you to preach to strengthen the church. I want you to put strength and courage in the church and to call us into a new day as a church. We sang this song a little bit earlier. It's a new day. The old is gone. Uh, You know what? When we probably used to sing that song, it sounded a little different to what it's sounding right now. But it is a new day, a new era for the church and the world is dawning right now. The world won't look the same. We'll get back to the way we were. But there are things that we're learning in this time. And there are churches being re-engineered for this hour, for opportunity. There is a crisis around our world and there is a flood of disaster and fear. And I know for for many people, we have lost jobs. People are in financial crises. There's uncertainty and trouble and worry. There is is a sense of pressure. Uh, There's a sense of, of vulnerability. And for those of you who are isolated right now, I want you to know that we are praying for you, that we do love you, we care for you. If there's anything we can do, I know you can even, uh, through this message, you can click and say, I'd like someone to pray 
pray with me. You can do that and one of our team will pray for you right now. And so we're believing that in this moment, God will be with you. But I, I believe in this hour, God wants to speak to the church. He wants to speak to us, even though we're separated all around the place, He wants to speak to us because in this hour, just like the ark rose in a flood, God wants the church to rise. The church is rising all around the world. And I believe He wants us to rise in prayer. Uh, the scripture that I want to preach out of here this morning is Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. This was a prophecy by Isaiah preaching about the church, Jesus' church, that one day this, this mountain would be the most influential mountain in the world. This, this body of people, this company of people would be more influential than any other sphere or pillar or mountain of society around the world. And it's interesting in this hour, uh, just as we launched our church in Melbourne East, Dan Frecker, he, he told me he had a vision and he saw, literally he saw the church elevating above everything else and it being like a city on a hill and the, the world being able to see the church elevated and he saw streams he said I saw eight different streams from the north south east and west flowing in to the house of God and he, the sense was that out of out of this season that we we're about to come into God would be capturing people with streams of love streams of joy streams of his power and bringing them into the house of God now, what's fascinating to me right now, and I don't believe for, for a moment that God brought the coronavirus on the world. I don't think that's, uh, and anyone who says that, I think you, we, we should not think at all like that. I believe God is a God of love. He wants all to be saved. But can God take something that's bad and turn it for good? Absolutely. He can, the Bible says in Genesis 50 verse 20, God can take what the, the enemy meant for evil and he can turn it for good for the salvation of many. That's, that's what he talked about. And so I believe in this season, what's actually happening is some of the other influential mountains or places of worship or idols of our society are being brought low. We, we've found sport right across the world is just bowing the knee right now. We've found uh, that governments around the world, business, in, uh, all sorts of things right now are literally being shut down in an unimaginable way. And in this moment, don't think, don't think for a second that the church is being shut down. Because just because we can't meet in a building, just because we can't gather together in a church, the church was never a building. The church literally means a, a group of people who, who are called by the name of Jesus, gathered with a purpose. And here's, here's the joy. We're gathering right now. We're gathering online together. By watching this together, there's a sense that we are gathering online. Oh, this, is, this thought uh, hit me earlier this week. When, whenever persecution has come or, or challenging times have come, when the church has been forced to go underground, the church always rises. People have prophesied for years. Oh, well, the church won't be around. The church, the church will be shut down. It'll be irrelevant. Uh, there was a guy who prophesied once that the church would be, uh, would be shut down and no one would read the Bible uh, in, at the end of his lifetime. And at the end of his lifetime, you know what happened to his house? His house became a Bible translation center. 
the church has always surged in our in the hour. And you, if you're a Christian today, you are the church. You're part of the church, and it's our hour to rise right now. It's our hour to surge. I believe as we come into Easter, and I've been prophesying since the beginning of this year that we're moving into a season of revival. We're moving into one of the greatest seasons of the church. I believe as we come into Easter that that God has given us this ability to meet online and what about this what about years ago thinking that the Lord was sitting in heaven going I like this internet thing I'm, I'm creating this internet thing uh, I, I'm going to use this for my purpose and whenever God gets something that he's going to use for his purpose, the devil always tries to go first. And the, de- the devil tries to grab that thing and he tries to invade people's homes with fear and with all this different rubbish. But God says there's going to come a day where I'm going to redeem that thing. And he already has, but at the greatest level. And that the church, uh, the church right around the world, there's going to be no limits or borders or restrictions on the gospel because of what's happening right now. And so I want to challenge us as a church. I want to challenge us as a group of believers to rise in this hour, but particularly to rise in prayer. I read this quote and I love it. Prayer is the pen that writes history. Prayer is the pen that writes history. I know uh, C3 Global, we've been rising in prayer together with global prayer meetings linking in and it's a phenomenal experience. Uh, The the church in Australia has been more united than ever, praying at seven o'clock each night, believing for God to turn this virus back, but to call the church to revival. And I today, as, as your pastor, as your leader, I want to encourage you to stir up to a new level of prayer. The way that we're going to rise above the, the, the challenge and the trial and the tribulation and the, dif- the difficulties that we're facing right now is primarily through, through connecting with God and finding a place of prayer. Over the last few weeks, I've encouraged us. Can I say it again? Let your house be filled with praise and worship. Let the, let the primary sound that resounds around your home be one of glorifying God. He dwells in the praises of His people. Let the, let the sound that goes out of your bedroom, out of your office, wherever you meet, let it be prayer. Let's pray. Let's be those people. Jude 1.20 says this, But you, beloved, Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Let's be, a, let's be people who pray in the Spirit more than ever before. Let's be people who let God capture us with a burden. See, Jesus said, uh, when you pray, pray that my Father's, uh, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. What that tells me is God's will isn't automatically done. God's will doesn't just happen because it's God's will. God relies on a partnership of His will and His people in prayer. And when we pray, then that releases God's will. The Bible tells us that God wants no one to perish. But He needs us to pray that none would perish. So I want us to to rise in personal prayer, to to stir ourselves up, to, to get into that secret place, to close the door. Whatever works for you. I like a dark room because I can just I can switch off all the distractions, turn off my phone, and put some worship music on and pray. But this is this season. It's the perfect moment for us to rediscover the secret place, to dig a deeper well of prayer and connection with God. And if you're watching today and you you don't really pray, you don't really have a connection with God. 
then when we pray at the end of this little message, that's going to be the moment for you to begin to connect with God. And out of that place, prayer is just talking to God on an ongoing basis. So that's personal prayer. What, what, what else are we praying for? I believe it's a season for us to pray for protection. I believe that in this, in this moment, our prayers are powerful, praying for protection, protection around businesses and finances and health and families and emotional health. Prayer is really important. I, I heard uh, just last week from uh, one of our intercessors, her name's Cheryl, and she's, watch this, this is amazing. She was praying and she felt a stirring and a burden to pray for a guy called Lani. Now, Lani is a wonderful uh, man in our church. Uh, he's a partner at Deloitte's. He's on some property, about five acres of property. And she just got this sense, pray for Lani right now. So she sort of ignored it for a moment, then began to pray and be, began to pray that he would be secure and safe. And this, this sort of burden came on her. And she prayed, kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. After she prayed for a while, she got a text from Lani's uh, wife. And Heidi texted and said, Cheryl, you need to pray. Lani's just been in a chainsaw accident. He, he's been gone down, I didn't even know. He's gone down the back of the pro our property, didn't know he's gone. And he's gone to cut down a tree and it's fallen over and literally hit him, knocked him over, hit him in the face. And I, just, I find it fascinating that God could have protected him, but he works through the prayers of his saints. Uh, I'm not sure what Lani was thinking. We've got a guy in our church called Jesse who had a chainsaw accident. We call him Chainsaw Jesse. He literally cut his leg to pieces and it was a catalyst for him turning to God. I'm not sure if uh, Lani wanted to be uh, Chainsaw Lani, like version two. Not sure if that's what was going through his mind or I understand it. Chainsaws, that's just the way we're wired. Let's, let's do something, okay? But in that moment, God needed someone to pray protection on somebody else. He works through prayers. When you pray, you're activating angels to be released to protect the saints. So don't, don't ignore that prompt, that thought, that person who comes to your mind in prayer. Don't ignore it. Go to prayer. Pray for protection. The Bible says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So I want us to, to pray. Pray for more than ever before, church. We need to be praying for one another. More than ever before, we need to hear the whisper of God. You know, pray for and then tell them you're praying for them. Text them, encourage them, send, send someone a scripture. Let, let's be tuned to the Holy Spirit so that we can, be, we can be a voice of strength and encouragement. Even when there's uh, isolation and social distance and things going on right now. The last thing I want to encourage us to pray for, and this, this is the kicker because we're coming into Easter. We're coming into a time where the world's attention turns to Christ and the church. And I believe as we pray in this hour, God wants us to pray with passion. There was a, there was a man uh, called Father Nash in the second awakening in America with a great famous evangelist called Charles Finney. And Father Nash, Nash was a pastor. And he, he stepped away from being a pastor and he began to be an intercessor for Charles Finney. And what he would do, a few weeks before Finney would move into a town and set up a tent to preach the gospel, Father Nash would go into that area a few weeks before. He would gather a few um, intercessors and he'd go and hire a, a boarding house or a, a hotel or something and he'd lock in the room and he would just begin to groan in intercession. 
He began to pray for the souls of men and women. He, he would begin to pray specifically that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would begin to come upon people. At one point, a, a lady who ran the boarding house where Father Nash and a few intercessors were uh, got a hold of Finney and said, I don't know what's going on. I opened the door to bring some food in. They said, no, these men are on the floor. They're groaning. They haven't eaten for three days. What's the problem? Are they sick? And, and Finney said, oh, no, it's okay. They're travailing in prayer. I believe that revival isn't going to just happen. I believe revival will happen because God stirs us up to pray, to pray for lost people. When we pray for our friends who don't know Jesus, it allows the Spirit of God to move in them. When we pray for people we don't even know yet, who aren't yet part of our family, it allows the Spirit of God to move. One of my favorite moments that demonstrated this so powerfully was a moment uh, here at church on the Sunshine Coast where we were praying on a Sunday morning as we do for our friends and family. You might be watching today and you're not connected with God and you know someone's been praying for you. When we pray for you, when they pray for you, it's because God's love is drawing you to Him. We want the best for you. And so we're, we're, up the, we're praying in this moment and a lady in our church goes, uh, Pastor John, can I, can I just share something? And, and she's a great lady. I said, yeah, sure, come up. And she got up and said, while we were praying, I'm praying for my, my cousin Jim. I'm praying that he would give his life to Christ. And while we were praying, he texted me out of the blue, totally unexpected. He said, Sarah, I need to get back to church. I need to get back and connect with God. And she was like, amazing. Just as I prayed, God worked. And that, that was awesome in itself. But then something even more amazing happened. Just as she was sharing that story, the back door of the church opened. And he, Jim didn't know what church Sarah went to. He just searched out a church and walked in to this church. He literally came in the back of the church while we were standing on the stage talking about him. And it was, it was like a scene from a movie. It was like time stopped, chariots of fire, music played. Da, 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 da. So they ran to each other in slow motion. It was, honestly, it was one of the most beautiful moments that I've ever seen. And it showed to me what happens when people pray. When we pray, there is no one too far away from God in this hour. There is no one who's sinned too much that they can't be accepted back by God. There is no one who's beyond the reach of the loving Heavenly Father. And church, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. You might have stopped praying because you used to pray. It's time to get back to praying.